Welcome to Small But Massive Podcast, uh, episode 12, I think. And uh, so, uh, for anybody out there, we've done a few podcasts, you can check them all out. But today's guest, I'd like to welcome Roisin Donald Rowe, songwriter, multi instrumentalist, art, artist. You are welcome. Thank you so to Small much for Massive Podcast me. and Mr. Liam Craig, musician, performer, artist, manager, producer, lecturer, <laughs> founder of Primitive Sound and Creative Agency, and I think Music Glue was another reconnection with yourself and Roe with the, the for merch we'll get on to, to after. Um, you're both welcome, uh, Liam. I have uh, known you a good long time. Oh, I. And, uh, I think we'll just say Ro as the artist. <laughs> uh, uh, Roshin will go from here for Ro. Is Ro all right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Ro uh, is the artist here. Liam is uh, also a manager of Roshin. So Roshin, I'll just start off with your good self. Uh, what kind of music did you grow up with when you were, you know, younger? You're still pretty young, but yeah. you know, say when you were like uh, inspirations when you were maybe at school or primary school or secondary school I know with Liam now when you went to tech it was a great inspiration so do you want to tell people out there maybe some of your fans that don't really know about you growing up and where you grew up at and what size of a family you're from and yeah so uh I grew up with music because my dad would take us to a lot of concerts when I was younger um and my mom would make us do piano lessons so that's kind of how that came together but my dad is a massive U2 fan so we'd always go see them and around the house there was always Thin Lizzy um who else yeah Thin Lizzy U2 Bruce Springsteen you know all the big Uh, ones ones. so it was that was a massive inspiration to me whenever I was younger and then my brother started getting into music um so I'd listened to a lot of the stuff that he listened to so Modest Mouse um Queens of Stone Age stuff like that and then yeah (laughs) and then whenever I got a little bit older I started going into secondhand CD shops and totally just judging books by their covers buying cds that i thought looked cool so uh a lot of the bands that i still listen to today came from doing that like um bombay bicycle club was one that i always remember yeah. uh death cab for cutie um stuff like that so it, my music taste has changed a lot over the years but whenever i was growing up it was definitely a lot heavier kind of rockier yeah, yeah. Um, that's because your parents influence probably yeah, would have been there yeah 100 you know. percent. so but they were all pretty good artists that you have you were having to listen to at the yeah. time you know and lots of people would have been into it at the time you know? yeah and definitely so that's kind of where i really got excited about music was because i was listening to all these bands that were doing big things you know and so the likes of Liam, your good self. I've known you as a performer, uh, bass player, one bands at the festival back yep. in the day of Glasgowbury, and uh, how you've progressed on uh, as your, yourself as an individual, and uh, always loving to play, always loving to perform. And I was reading, uh, you know, sometimes I suppose people might know about you is that you've produced many different types of, of uh, tracks out there, dance. I know there's one recently coming up, uh, a chat about that uh, you've worked on. So for yourself, Liam, what was it like for you growing up? And, and Derry City when you were younger and bands because and, there may have been more people was there involved then in music see uh, the, I'm not from Derry City ah. I, I've just adopted the accent and been there so long that people just always assume it but I, I thought I'm you a, were no I'm a blowing. I I grew up in Belfast there you uh, go lad well see. I see you're very posh 
See? Kind of got a point. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was a hip. Hey, still, you know? still have my secrets, you know. Ah, uh, jeez, that's uh, darling. But no, I, I, I so, grew up. I, so I, I grew up in Bell. I moved to Derry, and I was. 21 so I've been there like 13 14 years now but I know uh grew up in Belfast but I mean the scene was it was it was small and insular and heavy it's kind of a bit like what we were saying earlier it's like yeah. oh, it didn't seem to be anything that was do you want to talk about that about so people like for the young generation of rule understand yeah, I mean it was it was you're talking like even pre and so I watched from afar yeah you're, um everything was punk stoner rock um a lot of ska. I, I remember kind of beating about whenever I was whenever I was growing up, and I think that kind of that was my early uh, experiences into being a producer was all these punk bands who hadn't a clue how to do anything, and here was me who had spent a wee bit of money on having a couple of microphones and be all here, John, just give us one record our drums and make us sound uh-huh. lethal. And a punk band's back then, a punk band's standards weren't particularly high. So, <laughs> so you could be 17 and go and record a punk band uh, and you know, you'd be all, oh God, I don't know about that. But they'd be all, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Because it's spontaneous. <laughs> you know, so. There's a bit of art going on there. <laughs> but that was, that was the, that was the lay of the land then. Like, so, um, and that fitted, fitted me perfectly because I grew up like in my sort of teenage years, I like, you know, like everybody finds their bit of music that they're into when they're yeah. sort of 13, 14. Mine's was punk. So growing up producing punk bands was, that kind of worked with so, really well for me. And that's you, what was around as and well, them, you know. them older punk bands that uh, would have still been in Belfast from the, the past, like the Outcasts and all them. Would, yeah, they the were still, band? yeah, they, they still would have been floating around about then. Uh, and then you, there was this whole new batch cropping up uh, around the same time as, again, just before Pocket Billiards. So there was a whole yeah. bunch of bands that were kind of coming up and around them as well. And, um, and but then you had, you know, they, they, it was interesting because there was a whole bunch of bands that started bringing hip hop into punk and that was my first proper exposure to hip hop locally. It wasn't mm. through um, the hip hop rock stuff, or it wasn't through like pure hip hop. It was people who were rapping over punk songs, you know. So yeah. the likes of uh, Brandy, who was in BMXE and Bomb City Seven, yeah, you know, yeah. likes of him. Like that was my first exposure to life. So they were probably the, the, the I suppose, in a sense, uh, the trailblazers in a way. Yeah. For what actually is now probably more cleaner, more produced, yeah. and all that. And what at that time then. When you were in Belfast, then what took you then out of uh, that whole scene in Belfast? To, just you mentioned production there. Was that something you wanted to do from the very start? I didn't know. For years, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I was studying music in school. So I was doing A-level, proper classical music, like playing viola and playing orchestras and choirs. And then whenever it came to sort of university time, I just knew that I did. I had enough savvy about me then to know that I didn't want to do that and there wasn't any money in it. Um, I also just wasn't good enough. Like, I mean, it's one of like classical is one of those words where if you're really good, you can make money. Uh, yeah. Everybody else just ends up, you know, yeah. know teaching or doing whatever. <laughs> I, I knew, I knew kind of fairly early on that I was, that's not what I was going to do. And so it's sort of around the same time that I started getting interested. I, I just wanted to record my own band because yeah. we were broke and didn't have any money to go into the studio. So you started scrounging bits of gear off people yeah. that record. And then I ended whenever it came to going to uni, instead of going to do music like everybody else I knew did, I went and did music technology so that I could kind of go and immerse myself in doing studio stuff. And um, so whenever I finished that, uh, I just started applying for any job that had the word music in the title. And one of them was lecture in music in the tech Brilliant. in Derry. And Brilliant. that's how I ended up in Derry. And so at that time, I suppose that people uh, will go back a wee bit to uh, like where it's in the tech where you'd have met uh, Rossian Row, uh, but just go back to till around uh, two thirteen, the city of culture, um, which was a massive year uh, for for your home city. And uh, were you involved at that time in the city of culture? Right, what do you mean, too young? Or? City of culture. <coughs> it was the first time I got really inspired by it because I got to see. Uh, was it the other voices show in the Glassworks? So Brilliant. that was like Little Bear. 
uh, daughter and somebody else played as well. But it was just after that I got into it and started doing the Nerve Centre stuff and all the music hothouses and yeah. really, really stuck in there. With Marty uh, McGill. With Marty uh, McGill, uh, and, yeah. And music hothouses for people out there is a youth music programme run by Marty McGill in the Nerve Centre. And it happens every year, so mm -hmm. people get and get involved for young people. And obviously, it was a great inspiration for yourself, yeah. That because you're here now. There was music for everyone, mm -hmm. and uh, but I suppose like anything that big, there's always people say we want it more or we could have done this. But because um, that was that was the last time there was like, proper gigs in the nerve center, wasn't it? Is that the year that like Bombay played? Yeah, I they were flat out for a while, like all the yeah, because like, like there's been a while since like touring bands would come through Derry. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to rip on Derry, and you know, there's many solvable problems with. You know things like that, but yeah, I think like twenty, maybe maybe for maybe we got it for a year after, but it was definitely it was around then that was the last time we were getting proper touring bands coming I th through. The I town. think I think that time uh, I suppose like in um, uh, insight and hindsight and 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 forward thinking vision is all good, uh, but sometimes when you're in among something and uh, if you were a programmer and something like that, you maybe get your head on five or six different big events, mm -hmm. and yeah. uh, some might. Uh, go better than others but it's all trial and error and yeah. uh, I suppose you had the high-end art you had the Turner Prize and then you have the you've got to the grassroots with the music promise and all the young people getting involved and I suppose uh, that's what big uh, just hitting on what you said there Liam that's what big bands appear in dolls for young people oh uh, I, I, I mean, think I mean I think there's there's probably a whole generation of people of, of younger well say younger was younger than me anyway who whose first big gig was probably that one big weekend it yeah. was on that year, like that was their first, like oh my god, like Bruno uh, Mars and Derry or you know whoever uh, it is. You know that's yeah, yeah. You know, I think that that's, was a, a, that's important. That's that was, really important. That was a massive gig. Are we at mm -hmm. that gig? Yeah. Uh, and uh, as I say, it's mad when you go back and look at it now because I, I didn't, I didn't fully appreciate it at the time. But see when you go back and look at the lineup for what I, I don't have my phone to Google, but if you were to Google that lineup now and look at it, Al like, J and all crazy. that, yeah, and Mac Macklemore. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not not even going to try I, and guess, I, I, but, I, well, but it was the lineup was unbelievable. So see the likes of you were saying there that inspiration and and of of uh, the likes of festivals and things uh, and seeing them big bands. Uh, what do you feel now, uh, Ro, would be ins inspirational for young people growing up? I know that I tend to, and uh, you know, in opportunities and things, I tend to avoid the the mask uh, chat here, right? So uh, it's kind of like imagine now we're taken out of hockey. I feel that uh, we for two years artists and creative people have been blinkered a bit like a national. New Grand National, where you, you want to go out, but you're not sure where you're running to. Yeah. And uh, somebody says, just keep going straight, you know, and don't look, don't look right or left, Paddy. What about the fences, Paddy? Don't worry about the fences, just keep them down. So, what about now? Do you think for young people rising to, to get, you know, inspirations? What is it out there? You know, is it on online YouTube or where's the instant sort of? Oh, I love that tune there. Or, uh, I think TikTok is a big one for young yeah. people at the minute. Um, it's kind of where. There has to be, there's TikTok stars and everything now. So I think that's um, something that I'm still wrapping my head around. I don't get yeah. it. That, like that, that makes me feel old, but uh, it's it's definitely like an online thing is really, really engaging for young people, I think. So uh, that's why a lot of the promotion and marketing is aimed online because so many people use it. Yeah. Young people are really, really into it. Um, but also I think like, programs such as the Music Hothouse and the Nerve Centre yeah. are really, really important, <coughs> yeah. especially now because the schools are kind of axing music programs mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't feel as important in the educational side of things. So I think that it's it's definitely a must for these 
projects such as the Nerve Centre to be funded and yeah. funded really, really well because it's one of the only places young people get to go now to figure out what they want to do and learn yeah. guitar and learn piano and yeah. not feel like they can't do it because they've nowhere to go. You mentioned TikTok there. Um, is that something now that you'll build, like, you know, for yourself, say, having a release, obviously, Liam, you can take us through that, you know, uh, for the likes of Row. Uh, when you're just sitting down and say, for instance, we're about to release a, a single, um, years ago, it would have been the four famous P's, Liam, you know, the four P's that they said, the packaging, the promotion, and the price, and, you know, and all this stuff, and performance, and all these things. But there's so many different P's now, the perseverance, and, and uh, there's been sort of, uh, I suppose, uh, not saying that everything has to be look perfectionism because there seems to be a lot of online content now that's all about perfectionism yeah. rather than reality. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe I'm wrong here saying this, but I think the more artists that come out with the reality check mm -hmm. and uh, might actually have more fans than they think from that whole, yeah. this, is, this is me every day. You know, there's something about that waking up, I'm having a coffee, I'm about to go to Liam, I'm about to write the new single. Yeah. Uh, it probably gets as many views as a single, you put five grand on. I know there's a man just sat down beside me and I flicked a, 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 a pancake one day and we got more views than, uh, <laughs> than fucking U2 probably got when they released one, you know, uh, <laughs> I wish. Uh, but do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. So um, you have so many different platforms now to look at. They're out there and they're all, all sort of, um, um, you know, sort of in web and into each other. So what about yourselves when you're doing a release, Liam? And what, what's your starting point? For me whenever it comes to marketing online I like to be as honest as possible like and I think that a lot of artists are like that now where maybe a couple of years ago it was all about perfection and about everything being incredible all the time you're always doing something but I think artists now are realizing that that's not reality and you shouldn't be pushing that on to people because it's just it's not real life so uh, whenever it comes to promotion I'm very honest with the writing process and with how I got there and what thoughts were going through my head whenever I was writing the song um, and whenever it comes to releasing it um, it's just I think being vocal online is the main thing it doesn't matter if you want to put this perfect version of yourself out online or if you want to be completely honest with all the bad days and all the yeah. bits and bobs going on but and it's I hard too isn't it to get that you know strength within yourself like we're sitting yeah. here now even to do this you know and uh, like uh, there's nothing ever uh, what's, nothing ever easy in the yeah. whole multimedia world and uh, but I think you're right in that approach that uh, there's something about just being honest and uh, being yourself yeah. and uh, like and just just pausing at that there Arshin, how did you two then sort of and obviously you met and was it, do you want to tell the story then, Liam, about how you and both met to try and get the first music out? <laughs> um, so I, so yeah, so like I the back I, spoken fags and drinking buck fast. No? So <laughs> was it any? Was it any cool like that? No, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> drinking coffee without any sugar, no, Patrick. <laughs> So like so yeah you were saying I so I teach uh, I teach music production and like music business in the tech um, and so when Ro was there did I meet you in your first or second year I think it might have been second second year because it was that album oh yeah yeah so Ro had been there and was like sort of floating around uh, and I was in the studio just teaching studio stuff and there was this small ginger kid who used to 
lurk around my classes and, and like ask to come in my classes to sit and do her theory homework in the back of my studio <laughs> classes <laughs> uh, and that turned out to be her um and i, I kind of I, I honestly there's a big i like blur. a styler <laughs> i like out there you're a bit like me that story i told you earlier on about my first days kicked out of the room <laughs> so yeah so she's come in come in my class and do her theory homework and then at some point we were just chatting because you were just lurking and then that makes me sound really creepy <laughs> lurking in a positive way <laughs> i would call it I, I i would call it keenness right you were keen to get in to meet the man to try and i suppose say what you had to say which was please record me i think though no there was songs you had already had a couple of songs and i i think i asked you to hear the songs because oh there was a there was a project we were doing and i had, I had to get you to write something so like there was like a whole bunch of like, she was playing with a band and they had the I was like has anybody got oh, an original song oh, so that they can yeah. do something mm. and this one band came in and the song was great and it turns out turned out that you had written it I can't even remember the name of the song or how it went but then I was like oh do you do your own stuff as well and then you played me Ghost yeah like a really early version of Ghost which was like the first ever single um and I was just, I just thought it was amazing I think it was like the, one of the best written things I'd ever heard and the fact that you were what do you remember, like 16 or 17 at the time yeah. like it was just it was just so good um and so like I was like yeah let me produce this for you um and then because of like having work with like supports and with Best yeah. Boy Grip and all these and it's like uh I had like I knew some people you know yeah. so like I could say but oh, you had a good done, food, uh, you, you know that's saying it to Steve McCauley because I, I know yeah. him sort of from yeah. doing other things and yeah but and that's then, what it's all about. It's building that network of mm-hmm. people and uh, and organizations and promoters and yeah. uh, which agents. which I didn't realize I had been doing, but I had been doing for like years before I actually started being an, an actual manager. Um, I just didn't realize. Could it I just say, as a manager, you know, I thought you come in with the scoff and all, but you didn't. You come in who you were. I respect that, you know. But I suppose this had to be the wonder. With she, take, well, she, she takes she takes me because she says like I, I dress like a a, a, a major label A and R guy. <laughs> Look, I like I like. A man all in black like yourself, it's good. And uh, so, um, seeing the likes of uh, um, your writing style, then, mm-hmm. and do you um, do you come like with an idea at the start, or you know, you sit earlier on about listening to multi different types of bands? Uh, and I've seen you live, and uh, you've done both on your own and with a band, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I suppose they're different machines. Do you feel more comfortable on your own? Uh, or what's the band because I know with the band it, it is you're you're out the front and uh, as Liam knows it, it, it being a singer being playing and all it's yeah it's not easy and uh, especially on your own so for yeah. people out there just uh, you know for your fans mm. and uh, the many fans you intend to gain uh, in years to come um, what's your process you know just putting it all together from scratch like do you just sit and uh, do me words a lack of words first or do you do your rhythm or what way does it go about or it's does it come from divine inspiration because sometimes <laughs> not, like sometimes people say where did that song come from the other side Patrick you know and it just concerns, <laughs> do you know what I mean by that name you know and, and it's a really cool it's yeah. a really cool 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 answer so yeah um the songs for me I used to say it used to start in different ways like whether it's chords or lyrics or melody but I've noticed recently that a lot of them start with like 2am 3am thoughts whenever I can't sleep yeah um and so it usually starts with the premise of the song so whether it's a story about me or somebody that I love or you know something that I feel really passionate about so that's where everything stems from 
And then the next day, I usually look at the notes on my phone from having to turn around at like 2am in the morning to write something down. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, then the chords come. Then I like I, I really like to write either on guitar or piano just because I like the simplicity of it. Like mm-hmm. I like just sitting down with something and working something out, um, whether it takes an hour or a day, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and then demo it on my phone, just using the voice notes app, and then I send it to Liam. And usually, then um, we work on it, go in the studio, record it, and then we go out and play it with a band. Um, or not it's usually the other way around I'm usually playing it with a band and then uh, we record it but yeah. this year it was completely different we recorded everything and then the show started up again um, but whenever it comes to playing on my own versus playing with a band it's a completely different experience yeah. you know like I think after this year I something switched in my brain where I thought that it felt like the right time to do something different on stage and musically as well. So um, working with Jay and Sippy, it's been so much fun. Like it's just, yeah. it's really nice looking around on the stage and seeing other people you can connect yeah. with going yeah. through the same thing. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. It, and it, and uh, for, I suppose, for yourself uh, being, you know, express, expressing yourself, it, yeah. it, it is all right to have a bit of comfort each side, I'm yeah. sure. Because you're stepping out in some stages which are pretty big and uh, you're, you know, um, credit to you being so young uh, uh, which people should know out there that it's not easy to step out in front of a stage uh, uh, here there and everywhere all around uh, which where you're at now which is great uh, but the thing is I suppose it's all a learning process and you mm-hmm. just said there uh, about a new sound uh, way back uh, uh, a f- couple of years back uh, you were part of 3 of 3 mm-hmm. a part yeah. of Help Musicians UK initiative um, um, there was a uh, Row, there was the Woodburn and Savages and Sam Wickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, now I can say all people that have been in this building now, you were the last <laughs> woman, so there's one for you. Uh, and uh, so, uh, and you're uh, most welcome. And uh, so, uh, I know from the experience uh, at the time, um, for Paul Connolly and the guys, they were rehearsing just beyond uh, the, these walls here, yeah. and uh, the whole album was rehearsed and written out there. and. Uh, it was a to me. It was a brilliant initiative um, for them. For them, it give uh, you know certain support structures as mm-hmm. they spoke to me about for the likes of yourselves, Liam and Ro. What did it do for you as as uh, artist and manager at the time? And, um, and how did you feel? You know, when it's great to get supported. You know? yeah. it, it it allowed us. I actually was speaking to the, speaking about this with somebody fairly recently, and one of the things that I said that I actually think it allowed us to sort of make mistakes a little bit because you knew that you had this. There was a bit of money, and there was three years of help and support and development and one on ones and all this sort of stuff. So there was a couple. There's definitely an element of being able to make a mistake early of going, uh, you know, uh, trying to work with a certain company or trying to do something a certain way and, and not working out exactly as you thought but yeah. you know and right, right we have there's definitely there's a bit of a safety net here for the next little while and we can kind of get up and, and go again that plus the opportunity just to, to, to network and, I, and it's funny because like we've been talking about this today it just keep, keeps coming back to networking you know mm-hmm. so they were able to put us into rooms with people who were good people to know or if we were doing a festival somewhere then they would say oh well come along to this event and there will be a whole bunch of people or you know just getting introductions to, to different people through through their network um and then 
having like I said, having those one on one opportunities to to like sit down with somebody from a distributor or somebody from a PR company or somebody a who's publisher, for, yeah, yeah. To, and just and just to be able to just to sit down for for a good hour and a half and, and pick their brains and ask yeah. their. The, the the kind of questions that you wouldn't get to ask at like a normal panel thing uh, or, or a conference because like yeah, it's you too, just too open yeah. Yeah. yeah you need to stand outside the front at the end yeah, and get the people can, you know. yeah, so that, I shouldn't be that, telling people out there that technique here but it does work it's exactly <laughs> that, 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 that moment of like waiting for them after the conference yeah. imagine getting that for an hour and a half I know. once a month I know. for you know two three years like that's, that's that was worth his waiting goals uh, you know and, and, and a lot of those people that we met were still people that we can like if we need a favor or if we need to ask for an introduction to somebody or like still people that we can call up now and go hey can can you help us out with this thing or can you give us a bit of advice on that you know and yeah. for, for people out there um you know that i don't know if they'll ever do it again or, or for other artists you know that maybe they would do a program like that again um what would like from i listened to yourself there and uh and the guys in the woodburn and uh it's a great support you know mechanism for you and i think it's a great uh sort of uh I think it's great belief, you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. uh, I was aware of it at that time. So it was, and uh, so like, and uh, I think the three acts that got it was was really good and was yeah. diversified and, uh, yeah. you know, and uh, there were three definitely that I was uh, uh, quite happy when yeah. they came out. And, and it, I think it showed uh, that uh, what we were saying here on about the different styles of music, you know, and it was good that... Uh, like there's Sam and then there's good stuff oh, and then the burners with the band, you know, mm. and, and yeah. I think, but, and so for the likes of yourselves there, then um, how do you, uh, Liam, you were just saying there about networking um, for people out there, you know what I mean? Uh, when you were talking about networking there, have you got a, a, a list now as say that like, um, we're starting and we're just about to drop a new song. And uh, do you have a distribution of people that you wanted to sit with? And it just all goes at the one time, or is it over a period of time? Um, it sort of depends. Um, and there's there's certain people that you would give it to a little bit earlier than others. Um, just even people that you know and you you respect and you want their opinion on, and you, you kind of you know maybe somebody you're trying to line up for the first place. So like for us, like outside of the, like the small the row bubble, like Steve McCauley is probably usually the first person that will get sent something just to, because we we really like he's been so supportive of everything we've done over the last while that where when whenever we're not if there, whenever there's not a uh, like a, a, a PR company saying hey all oh, this person on this radio station wants to premiere it if that hasn't been lined up then usually we'll go and go to Steve and say hey Stephen you you play first because um, so it's a, it's a bit of kudos for him and it's and it's it's just it's I mean there's not a hundred there's not a, a lot of ways we can give back to Stephen uh, for the, the amount of support uh, he's given us but any wee thing that we can we try to you know well people out there listening uh, um, the the man in question Steve McCauley yeah. BBC Radio Foil um, Electric Mainline. Um, who has been a great supporter of uh, new music and alternative bands. Um, like I was talking to someone recently and it used to be sort of a localised thing. Yeah. Now it's like people send them oh. brilliant music yeah. from, seems to be all over the world. Yeah. And uh, and that there, I suppose, for people out there listening to a show like that, or people that have music of their own, um, you definitely want to be getting your music to people like that. And, uh, yeah. because, um, and also I know that uh, you're playing on sex music as well and, you know, there's support uh, like for yourself because you've been about, you've built them networks now, Liam, that I suppose the bigger radio stations as such are starting to play your artists. You know, the likes of, you know, they're both still like... Uh, uh, on the role of independence, is that right? Uh, yeah. And do you want to speak about that there for people out there uh, that is not an easy route to take? 
Uh, okay, uh, mm-hmm. and we can smile all we want, good people, and wave on there, and Rogan, and blue kisses, <laughs> no. But uh, <clears throat> it's a place where I suppose artists want to be, but also it's a place where you want to arrive, maybe at a really good publishing deal, yeah, and uh, you know, and uh, uh, own your own rights and all these things. So you want to tell people a wee bit about running, because uh, I know for people out there, if if you want to get row, you just go musicglue.com. Liam has set that up, and it brings you right in and all your music and all that there. So. Would you do you want to explain a bit, Liam, about that? Yeah, I mean, you can I mean you can chat a bit about what's, like the importance of it from the artist side, but I mean, from I mean, the the thing about being independent is it's it's difficult, but it's rewarding, and also it's not necessarily something like when I think people know us as as being super independent, but it's not necessarily something that's going to exist forever. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> trying to make it work can be a bit of a slog but it's just about aligning yourself with the right people and using the right services and um knowing when to and how to apply for the right funding so whenever you do need a little bit of an injection of cash you know you can you can go to somebody like the arts council or help musicians or prs foundation and, and get that little bit of money and they get that little bit of help um but it's mainly it's just about at the at the, like the start of your career it's just about holding as many cards as you, as, as you can you know so we've got we're doing this about four or five years now and you own all of your own publishing. We own all of the, the rights to the masters of all of the songs. And so whenever the time will come to, to do a publishing deal or to do a, a record deal, we're in a stronger position now because we've built everything. We don't owe anybody any, anything at all. Yeah, you there's, know, no we, there's no back There's no back debt. So we, we've yeah. done like, like, I mean... I'm not going to go and sit here and list off all the achievements that we've done, but like all uh, like I know, here, like, but like supporting, about, but like supporting Snow it, Patrol and, and playing at Glastonbury and getting played on Radio you've One. Just that's, stole, that's you've stuff just stole that we've all done. my last questions. Oh, you can back it up. <laughs> <laughs> but all but all that stuff is stuff that we did. <laughs> yeah, you know, and yeah. and but we, and you know we're not feeling like we owe a record label something for them getting us the opportunity, or we don't act like literally owe them anything because yeah. we, you know we're in debt as to you know this that and the other. So. Yeah. It, I think it's it's definitely been important to us on, on on that aspect of it, and also in the last couple of years, I think it's just much easier to do. Um, you know, the all, the fact that all of your marketing can be done through social media, yeah. the fact that there's so many good distributors out there who'll get your music onto like the Spotify and Apple Music and help you get them onto the playlists. Yeah. It's easier to do now than it was a long time ago. I think people are a bit yeah. savvier about how ah. to do it. They're not scared anymore, Liam. No, not, no, no. There's, and I, I don't think there's any reason to be. But I mean, in terms of like, I mean, you can speak better to the importance of it as an artist. Like, yeah, like the most important thing that comes from being independent for me, anyway, is creative control. You mm-hmm. know, you get to choose what songs you put out, what you don't want to put out. And there's been horror stories. There's even been one recently about Ray. Have you heard about that? So she was, uh, she was an artist on some label and went through album after album pitching maybe six or seven albums to them and they wouldn't put anything out and she was in this nightmare situation where she had this massive bank of music that she couldn't put out because somebody upstairs was saying Uh, no it's not uh happening um and i think being independent lets you sidetrack that lets you completely be get out of jail card yeah because it does sound a bit like that that you were speaking about that it's just a total entrapment Mm -hmm. and uh, there's many artists that has happened over the years I'd imagine and forced in a mirror and all these fancy terms that I'll give a ticket away and take it back and give it back and the boiled eggs nearly boiled but I'll take it back and take it you know Liam and it goes on and on and on and on because I mean she thinks she she sent that thing she was like 17 or something yeah you know she's in her 20s now I mean we had it as well I mean I, I don't know if you remember but like way way back at the start we got some 
some like an email with like a really basic offer from some indie in America who was owned by a bigger. Um, yeah. And it was it was all hey we really love the really love the music uh, we'd love to like you know sign us for an EP of songs that we'll choose. I think that was that was my first mm. massive red flag of that uh, kind of stuff. I was uh, like, whoa, no, yeah. no way, am I gonna allow somebody else to choose yeah. what, what what songs go on the EP and then what ones go on the single? I, I was like, well, why would you why would you get yourself into the debt? Yeah, you know. And what what yeah. what, what what like so so say like I had a, a magic wand now right now was like. Fucking Alfie, amen, you know, and whatever label will not mention them because only has four big ones. <laughs> and every whole world knows who they are. And why should I waste breath and tell the world who they are unless ad break? Let's talk <laughs> <laughs> record labels. People uh, can Google. And uh, <laughs> people can Google out there, you know. And uh, but if I was and I had this magic fucking one and it just went bing, it just arrived like that air just mm-hmm. on the table now. Um as you first uh, Russian, or what would your reaction be? Uh, and then I'll go to you, Liam. You know, so it just lands right. And is so, this on one of the majors? Yeah. Okay. Right. So uh, one of the majors land, uh, cool one like Atlantic. So. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh, we'll edit that out. Or Universal. <laughs> we don't want to put them down. Uh, I think it completely depends on what the deal is. You know, it could be the biggest label in the world, and if it's a horrible deal, then you shouldn't sign it because it means that you're giving up so much and not getting a lot back yeah um so it's for me it's not about that it's not about having the big flashy label with stacks of money behind it behind you i think it's definitely just about working with the right people and we've always said this like whenever we started working together we wanted a team of people that we could trust and people that you could have a pint with and yeah. you know like, family affair yeah Sorry, definitely yeah. you know and so far i think we've achieved that we yeah. have this really really close net team of people that work really well together and would have each other's backs protect you know? each other yeah, yeah so um yeah it could it could be like i mean if it's a good deal definitely yeah. i'm not against uh, i'm not against labels you know did I just, you shout out to the Bella <laughs> union there <laughs> i just think that like there's so many pros and cons to being independent but yeah. there's also so many pros and cons to being with a label you know yeah. it's completely up to your preference and where you want to be and where yeah. you are at the minute in your career so yeah, yeah. So, no, I mean, my, my, my view on the on the major thing is that the majors because they have so much more money are so much more likely to gamble on something which can be both a good and a bad thing you know because if they gamble on you and for whatever reason you're not hitting whatever arbitrary benchmark numbers that they've decided that they want you to hit in order to you know make your money back yeah. and they, then they, they, it's all totally um their prerogative to turn around and go no we're just not doing this anymore yeah. and like yeah. and i don't blame them for that but they have the money to be able to do that. So, do so that, and some- then coupled with the, the people thing that that, that Ru was saying, like, um, I mean, if you if you sign a deal with Warner or Universal, it's going to be some person in A and R who might not be there in a year's time, and that's what happens. Like all these terrible deals that you hear people sign, usually what happens is they get signed by an A and R who moves to a different company. Big Ron signed you today, yeah, and, and so he's gone. And, and, and the rest of the team are like, oh, I don't really care about this. You know, yeah, it's good and whatever, but like the guy who really cared about it's gone. So like with the smaller indie labels, usually what you have is the person that is A&R might be the person that runs the label the or totally owns the label. Yeah. And so if they fall in love with what you're doing and also are able to kind of put a bit of money into it, then you can negotiate yourself a better deal and know that, like you said, you're bringing somebody onto your team who you can trust and isn't going to 
you know, F yeah. off to one of the bigger labels at the, yeah. the first time they well, get, there that, is get some, a chance. There is a few independent labels out there, as you know, that have been good to acts and uh, yeah. um, they've been there since uh, maybe, let's say, the early 80s, 90s, yeah. and they're still a respectable. And there's, uh, I suppose, the right the right act or the right label at the right time, it'll be a case of that for yourselves then, if that's what you're saying. And that's also, that's also true. Of, of like, like I'm, not, I'm not knocking major labels, um, you know, because, yeah. like, I mean, there are, there are certain acts out there who belong on a major label you know and so you, you know are going to be commercially successful enough that they need that big massive machine behind them but, yeah. and i think that people coming through the music industry think that they're the they are the next that person and that they need that big machine but like 90 percent of them don't uh, uh yeah you know? yeah yeah because at the end of the day what we should uh, be saying out there to the good people is that now we're getting back out to festivals and events for people out there um you know just for you that's got the experience now of timeline and stuff and all that there, have you advice for people that got there? Because to me, could I just say on my behalf, it costs a lot of money to record. Oh. Uh, and it costs a lot of money to record right. Mm -hmm. And it costs a lot of money to get it, uh, the packaging and get it out there, even though you just <coughs> spontaneously... Uh, because I don't know if you felt this, uh, both ends on uh, lockdown, it was as if everybody had to put something out, like... Straight away, and there was no, yeah. you know, yeah. I've sat in this album for two years, like, well, sit in our way, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, what's your thinking on that, you know? I mean, I could, I could really easily, as Rude probably knows, like, I could spend like two hours just chatting about this nonstop. But I think the, the main thing is just to have some patience. And I think that artists, uh, whenever they have spent money recording an album or they have an EP or a couple singles or whatever it is, because they've spent the money and because they've worked really, really hard and because you know, it's, you know, between writing and recording it, that's a really intensive period of time. I think the, uh, it's, it's easy after all of that to go, oh, I just, just get it out. I'm really excited to get it out into the world. But it's, it's more difficult to stop that instinct and go, mm. right, let's, let's take a bit of time and let's plan it out. I think that's, that was probably the thing I was saying to you uh, about the thing. And I, and I see it a lot in, in Derry and in Northern Ireland where, if, first of all, the, just tell people no, out there you know what I mean yeah, well, I mean, first, first, first of all I think that like, help. recording an album is a really big deal it and uh, genuinely your first release should never be an album because it's you know m maybe people will pick up on one or two songs but then there's eight or nine people that people are never going to hear unless yeah. maybe you'll get your 10, 20 hardcore fans yeah. that going to hear you know and so it's not enough like it's not enough no, and, and like people have their opinions on on uh, the, the music industry being a singles driven market now but and you know you can agree or disagree with that but it is it is what it is you know and singles are basically a way to build your fan base and you need a fan base to buy your album and the more people buy your album the more money you're going to make and then you can sink into the next project and it's kind yeah. of really just basic math when you think about it that way uh -huh. so you need the fan base to buy the stuff to do to keep going yeah so use and you know what when you build a certain few thousand people you could soon ah, exactly. you know you can soon get generate you know yourself right so that, that's there. the point of singles so use singles to build your fan base and then whenever you have the fan base give them the album sell them the album and then rinse and repeat. That's essentially the that that's the process. Um, yeah. But so so many people record albums and just put them out uh, without any sort of warning. You know, it's like oh, you know that I you know I play a bit of music. Oh, my mm. album's coming out tomorrow. Yeah. That's not you know that's not giving it uh, enough of a chance for any sort of success. And, and generally, what happens is within about a month of an album coming out, unless you're doing some crazy touring, that's like the peak of the release. Yeah, and people stop caring after that. Yeah, so you need to. You're kind of building to that. Yeah. So, and so if you if you don't tell thing, you for festivals, you're 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 always because um, I'm aware of this. You know, there's certain acts uh, they would love to play your festival, uh, but 
they can't because they've nothing coming out. Yeah. And they're, they're, they're solid by that. You know, they've got the yeah. agent, everything seems to move like that. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And, that's, and that's why, like, I mean, this year and last year, to a certain extent, notwithstanding, like, the summer is a terrible time to release something uh, because, like, all the music industry press and all are talking about festivals, you know, so the, the thing to do is, like, maybe release... Well, they're that. having jollies at the festivals. Yeah, so you, the thing to do yeah. is to release in, like, say, October and then do all of your festivals promoting the fact that the album is coming out you know um uh, or, yeah. or release it in april and then go do the festivals as a hey my album's out and here's the latest single and you can buy it online and all this you know so yeah. like everything like every part of it has to like tie into each other you can't put out an album then not do anything for a month and then do you know three shows in holland you know uh, every, everything has to be like planned and connected uh, and like even if you only spend a couple of hours figuring out a really basic plan that's still better than no plan yeah. which is yeah. Like the cardinal sin of releasing music, and, yeah. and, and so many bands in in Northern Ireland fall into that trap. You know? And is that something then that uh, you think uh, that maybe links into the music course you're doing at the minute yes. through Rock School? This is great. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I wanted to bring that up, and uh, I suppose I'm double barreling both. You're right over there, <laughs> Rushing, You're right over. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I just want to see a wee smile there. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah. So, so hold on, we'll have this is this is I love doing this ad break. <laughs> so this is Tony your first ad break. You know. So we have an ad break here for Liam Craig, a lecturer extraordinaire, is going to explain about the first music industry course ever in Northern Ireland and in Ireland, in the Ulster, in <laughs> ever, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, so, Liam, uh, I read about this and I thought, brilliant, and you'd be the man to lead it. So, tell the people out there about the course. It's the first, uh, it's through Rock School. Yeah. So, uh, the ad break, tell us the crack, Liam. So, it's been, uh, it's been accredited by Rock School, who some people might have heard of for doing like guitar, drums, bass qualifications. Uh, it's being ran through the Northwest Regional College in Derry. It's an online part-time course, which is the, like you said, the first music industry qualification <laughs> in Northern Ireland. Um, there's been courses before that you could be invited to or that, you know, if you're part of a select group of people who was in the know you could maybe oh, attend you got away to this exclusive yes. uh, hotel and you sat all weekend and talked the industry talk but this one anybody can sign up to Brilliant. anybody can attend and it's basically the, the the basics of like royalties copyrights how to get your music online how to promote your music how to set it up like the gist of touring how to manage your money where money comes from all that really basic stuff that i think is lacking uh, it's online it's part-time it'll be monday evenings uh six to nine Starts in the middle of September, and if you go to the tech website, which is nwrc.ac.uk, <laughs> then you can uh, then you can get on in there and you, uh, and you can apply for the course. I because uh, 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 no, that, that's really good. You've done really good there. That was a pitch and a half there. You know, the uh, Roshan, your your album, your pitch. album pitch is coming now. The next ad break. When you hear me, just get ready. All right, uh, it's not puppy purr, and just get in there. So uh, no, just uh, for that there, uh, Liam. Um, fair play for taking it on. That's really good. And as I say. Um, because you are now one of the new age uh, managers uh, in Northern Ireland, and there's a few other uh, dudes like yourself and dudettes, and uh, like uh, because, like Charlene uh, mm -hmm. uh, is managing, and uh, and Hammy is was, ma yeah. was talking managing, and uh, uh, this your man uh, from Newry, uh, uh, Declan, Declan Lake yeah. as well, Declan's managing. So um, that's a great thing, you know. Since from years ago, it was very hard for people to get managers as such. Uh, um, yeah. uh, usually, it was mammies and daddies. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm a die, you better pay, or I'll <laughs> knock you out. <laughs> you know, uh, like I used to say at the festival, you know, Mammy's land and all, you look after them and all. I was going, what the hell? I can't even look after myself. And, uh, never mind look after your, your two teenage sons and, and uh, their two girlfriends, you know, uh, but, uh, and all the way from Donegal. And, uh, but uh, so the likes of that course is really, really important because things are changing in Northern Ireland, aren't they? And, uh, you know, for young artists like yourself, uh, Ro, it's really good because... Uh, I suppose if you were still in, in Derry now and uh, you're beating out your songs and you're, yeah, you, you know, you're, you're kind of trying to get on and, and trying to get on, but there's no sort of connections to the industry. You've mm-hmm. met a good person there, Liam will keep you right. Like you spoke, we were speaking earlier on about, you know, the young generation now missing out on uh, like gigs, uh, uh, that 16 year old, 18 year old, you know, transcending as, as the saying goes. And yeah. I'm not saying people are drinking at that age or, yeah. or falling over at that age, but uh They've missed that. And you, you spoke, uh, we were chatting over a cup of coffee or tea earlier on, and uh, you spoke about being in Bennigan's, very mm-hmm. young, playing, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and, uh, yeah. like, uh, I want to speak a bit about that, you know, because it, it lets people know that, you know, sometimes, because I know uh, we had a couple of young artists here, they're, they're older artists now, but I was kind of getting them on gigs, you know, and uh, they, they would have been down the local pubs and stuff and playing and yeah. getting experience do you uh, just for young people out there that uh, want to get experience uh, and want to play and perform you know um, as someone that has done it from that young age do you want to mm-hmm. tell a wee bit of the timeline about how that all happened for you and, and yeah um so I started at the nerve center started mm-hmm. doing um all the projects there and then I realized that I wanted to write and realized that I wanted to perform so I ended up going out um I think it might have been just as the peace bridge had opened but started busking there at the Mm. end of the bridge um and shortly after that uh it was actually Jilly St John yeah yeah. um bumped into me I was busking somewhere and she said about this battle of the bands she had on in Masons <laughs> and uh, said you should totally go on for it you're really really good so I ended up going and doing that and I think I won the kind this of songwriter bit movie of it. stuff That's yeah deadly, deadly. and uh, <laughs> I don't want to be my this I tell you yeah so after that <laughs> Liam are you crying there stop that crying now <laughs> go ahead sorry after that I ended up um, it gave me the confidence to start going to open mic nights so yeah. or it was the introducing night sorry in Bennigan's um they put me on for one of them and then started going to the open mic nights and uh that's really just how I started to perform was getting yeah. out there even though I was young and probably not no, meant no. to be there no no but that, that's that's <laughs> the best time I know I, yeah. like, I, I was kind of caught up not myself but you know but see what you're saying there it's sort of I suppose it's very important for young people that yeah. are your fans and young people are maybe listening to us that you know that you know it's all right to go out and sing a song in a wee concert hall do you know what I mean and yeah. then go over and sing for real at somewhere else because I Definitely. think it's all experience and yeah. uh, and I suppose uh, an important thing to say there is you were learning about the microphones, you were learning yeah. about standing back, you were mm-hmm. learning about the DA boxes, all the stuff as mm-hmm. you know that uh, that tr- people trip over and all that stuff for and uh, <laughs> who you know and uh, so but they're all needed and I suppose yeah. for for you uh, going through that there and now Liam knows that there I think he's going to write a production <laughs> song about that wee story there and uh, but uh, coming to your to your good self uh, the likes of uh, coming up. Now, for the likes of, have you, you know, because I know that, uh, 
you can't there's there's big things happening uh, in the next few weeks uh, but uh, we can't really say much about it but you've got a new single coming out Liam do you want it for people out there that maybe haven't are aware of the single coming out that it's going to come out in a couple of weeks you did and uh, I did <laughs> you did um well the single's actually already out yeah but it's got good play and it's been picked but up it's, yeah yeah it's yeah. been um getting really good play and then we got told last week or the week before that it's going to be introducing track of the week on BBC Radio 1. Well, congratulations on that. Thank Do you know you. what I should just say on behalf of that? The last time I was, a, well, not the last time, I was in a podcast on here one time and uh, it was Gemma Bradley. Yeah. And literally, it's a true story, literally Gemma uh, was coming in to do a podcast and she says, just got a job, really one. And that's a true story. And I was like, what? And I says, what? And uh, so then it threw me all off, as things do. And uh, so I said, uh, we were kind of half celebrating, and then I'm going, but we can't say anything. We'll, we'll, we'll sort it all out in the end, you know? So uh, I suppose that uh, for people out there, um, uh, that's a great uh, it's a great platform to get your chin on and yeah. it's, uh, it's really a one introducing UK wide it's mm-hmm. not just so it gets played on is it every every single Radio 1 show for a week for a week that yeah. is every show like, on that the playlist is yeah, yeah. Which and, is pretty cool and <laughs> you know we don't want we don't want to be letting out the secret formula to how that happened you know that if anybody wants to find out that from you or Liam yeah. it'll cost five grand yeah. <laughs> the, the, one, the one thing I would say about it the one thing I would say about it though is it's a really really good example of how long it takes to get radio working because yeah. it, it always takes that long it takes a couple of months um, you know so the song came out in June and it's going to be on the Radio 1 playlist in September yeah you know so that's if you're if you're trying to make radio happen, it, it, it yeah. takes takes a while. So it, you just know? for people out there mm. listening, and I don't know if it's the same format. Uh, I have a habit of jumping in and out of stations, but uh, sometimes I find that uh, six musical play a song. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, it could be a you know you'll hear another uh, presenter apologising for playing it because uh, Liam's played it and then I'm playing it, <laughs> and then you'll hear somebody apologising and send it back to Radio Two, and then it's yeah. going to be sent on to Radio One. So uh, that's a completely different way, Liam. Do you know? You know, yeah. uh, for you know, for the likes of listening to tunes, but for the likes of yourselves, you know, I know I grew up radio and all, but how important is radio for the likes of you, uh, Rashin now and you, Liam? You know, is it still the same? Has it still got the power it has? Or, or yeah, I'd say so. Like I, I still get the buzz whenever yeah. one of my songs gets played on the radio for yeah. the first time on somewhere it hasn't been before. Um, Have you been stopped in the street? Here, heard your song on the radio. Yeah. Like uh, people, people tweet you and come up to you, and like family members and all are really, really excited, uh, saying, "I heard you on the radio last so night." That's yeah, uh, it's amazing. But like, especially with the BBC, the one thing I would say for any artist um, is to put your songs onto the BBC uploader. Yeah, it's really important, and BBC Ulster and BBC Foil are really, really good at yeah. going through the songs and playing artists, new artists that they think suit the shows um, and like even the Glastonbury thing mm. came through um, us uploading one of my songs so the BBC uploader went to across the line and then ended up getting a, a slot at the BBC introduction stage so at Glastonbury how deadly yeah. is that I, I actually was a tour manager for a band over there no the Woodburn and Savages ah, uh, I don't yeah. know how I got that job they looked after <laughs> me big time and, uh, but I noticed that I don't know if it's the same myself uh, I've that uh like uh, you, you land on that stage and you're thinking, is anybody going to come in? You know what? It's crack here, you know, because yeah. it's kind of a drag everybody in sort of thing. But uh, they do come in. Yeah, 100%. And, 
And uh, yeah, he got a great crowd. Yeah. And what was it like then uh, being there for someone so young? And look, and it's amazing. Uh, like uh, the whole. Uh, their, their whole setup, the sound, the, the monitor guys and all, everything was done for it's pro. It's yeah. pro, yeah. And uh, you have to be pro when you're getting on that. I'm sure yeah. Liam done that, saw it for you. Uh, but what was your experience like there? And, and uh, you know, for new fans and, and yeah. such a big occasion, you know, and such a big uh, uh, cultural festival, do yeah. you know what I mean? It was crazy. It was my first proper festival as well, even being there and playing at it. So it was just... Did you just both travel over together? Or did, yeah. 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 We made a weekend of it. We have free tickets to Glasgow yeah. for the weekend. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was so good. Like it was, it was mad getting up on a stage, not knowing if anybody was going to show up because yeah. nobody had heard of you before. Yeah. You know, but they so. had. You see, the thing about I found about that stage is uh, there's uh, so many different. I know there's tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, but there's certain people are they're they're honing into certain things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know what I mean by that, Liam. And you can't see everybody. Uh, but like uh, there been, uh, I know the, the the Woodburn had started off triple, and then it just then like yourself probably just people come in and and, and yeah. But yeah. I think the, the, the I think I suppose like anything for shows like that, as Liam you spoke about earlier on, friend. It's that sort of uh, how do we put this together straight after that to keep that 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 energy that buzz you know mm. yeah. going like and like Glastonbury, uh, great grandfather of all, but. You played just last week, and we're on here today, uh, Standal. Yeah. Which, uh, and I'm aware you played the Standal Festival, it was up the small one and then uh, the bigger one. Yeah. Uh, which is last week. Uh-huh. And uh, so, what was that like being back? And uh, just for people out there, because there's, there's this thing now after COVID about, oh, will I go out or will I stay in or will I go over and do that? Or will I do that? Well, you know, um, you know, well, I felt there's a lot of people there were there. Uh, to have a you know a good time and it was, yeah. it was all well run and, and and John and Ross and all the guys ran it well and they have a good team of people. Yeah. So what was the experience for you to be back in that arena? Like you went from the Godfathers, you know, like starting <laughs> over there. Like you went from fucking Ferrari down onto Money Metro. So 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 how was that for you? It was unbelievable. Like Standall will always have a special place in my heart just yeah. because I've basically grown up through playing music, playing at that festival as yeah. well through You've the years. You've learned your craft. Yeah, there, yeah. 100%. Yeah. And to be back playing on the main stage is just, it's it's surreal to be doing yeah. that and having But that's a sign, of, that's a sign of yeah. your progression. Yeah, well, and, definitely. And so don't be ever uh, scared of that. That's what happened there. Because you can, if you go to any festival, uh, if you were to go back to Glastonbury, for instance, you might be in a, a certain tent way over and then um, it's not unknown that bands have went from them tents and uh, there's a lot of big bands I could mention that started introducing yeah uh, so uh, there's too many to name mm-hmm. but uh, if you take uh, the likes of uh, the experience of being at Glastonbury and then being at Stentall that's going back to what we were chatting about earlier on that sort of mannerisms to appear the mannerisms yeah. to play the mannerisms to clear up the mannerisms to arrive in time the mannerisms to arrive with the right instruments you know no sense landing a, a tubulo when you're a guitar player you know what is that about <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. uh, or I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm a drummer but I'll arrive with <laughs> 42 <laughs> keyboards you know but uh, so the likes of for any young people out there um, you know maybe having that experience mm-hmm. um, do you want to say a wee bit about I know this I don't want to put in spot this but how do you prep for something like that 
you know, like, so uh, I know how the boys prep for it. And how do you prep? Do you, you kind of, before you go on, don't talk to me, Liam. <laughs> Liam, like all of don't talk to me now, lad, because I am rule the ninja. I've got 14 black belts, two reds, a yellow, a green, a blue, a black, and uh, 14 purple. And uh, so how do you prep for a, a gig? Now, the video one one is one thing. So maybe, yeah. uh, you know, how do you prep for festivals and going about the I, I still get nervous. I don't think I'll ever not be nervous, but I read something recently about reframing it as excitement. Uh, and I've been yeah. trying to do that a lot more because I think yeah. that's what it really is. It's yeah. just re- being really excited to get yeah. on stage. Adrenaline. It's, 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 yeah. it's switching well, adrenaline to positivity, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So before I go on stage, like I, I will get quiet. Like I uh, kind of get in my head a lot. Um, it was more so when I was playing on my own because I had so much stuff to do you on stage. You were thinking about everything before yeah. you, you actually loved the gig before you went on. Is that right yeah. to say? Uh, every yeah. every note, every mm-hmm. word. Yeah, I'd I understand I'd literally that. write down each pad on the jump pad uh. and like try and visualize it in my head, which one to hit when. Uh. Like that was whenever I was starting out with it. Like yeah. I, I was really, really nervous going on and having so much stuff to do. But see, with the band, it feels like a lot more chill just because yeah. everybody's having the crack before you go on stage and then you're just on and you're having crack on stage. Yeah. So, the, the, you know? you, so, so what you're saying is uh, the band formula has taken away that sort of, you know, two gigs in one night, if you know what I mean by that. Yeah. So you're prepping yeah. it in your head. Mm-hmm. You have every word, you have every, you know, and because uh, I know from seeing you at the start and then, because uh, I remember, it could be, I can't remember, it was Waldorf and Cannon's album release up in, one time, did you support? Oh, it was Woodburn and Savage's album launch. Ah, yeah. did, did you support it? Yeah. Woodburn and Savage, sorry. And uh, so, like, from there to where you are now, and it shows that for people out there um, that want to, um, like, you, going back to earlier on, you're a multi-instrumentalist, so you've got all these sounds going on in your head. Um, mm-hmm. So I suppose to transport the man, and you've got the man there now to <laughs> transport the man, if that's all right, he's got the car to drive the man. Uh, <laughs> but for the likes of... Uh, yourself um your first album came out uh, mm. so um do you want to tell people about like i know that uh for yourself uh musicglue.com mm-hmm. is set up did you set that up liam no it was who told me about music musically is just this amazing website that allows you to have a website and to sell all of your stuff so but, without, but just, without having to know anything about how websites work right no because i wanted to ask about that there because i thought you know, uh, I didn't look too much into it, and I wanted just for the people out there. Uh, so basically, it's a window, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, the the big power dudes behind you pushing everything out, yep. So people see your window, um, and that's a really good thing, Because yeah. uh, for people out there, it's just if you're checking, if you want any raw stuff, it's a uh, uh, musicglue uh, dot com, and uh, you just head on your good self, yeah. that right? Yeah. Or if you go to rawofficial.com, it'll redirect you. Did. That's it's all very no, no. Because <laughs> here we 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 work with a group called uh, Tmail, uh, and uh, they don't maybe need me advertising them, but they're uh, you know they're they're sort of eco, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, clothes and uh, they're they're more expensive, but mm-hmm. uh, you see everything that uh, they do and where the factory is and who mm-hmm. works there. It's it's two guys started yeah. it in the shed, and uh, so we go through them, and it's like uh, it's the same thing. It's like uh, they'll just go up and we have it on our own website now but their page is like our window is such and yeah. it looks as if it's us and it looks cool and, and for people out there it is us and for people out there it is Rose <laughs> and, uh, so you know and uh, but your first album came out uh, was a couple of years ago or that right 
Uh, EP. EP. Yeah. First EP was Girls. Uh, single. Yeah, I will. Yeah. The, no, the, the first single would have been Cheek Boy, wouldn't it? Of the new. Figure Death. Yeah, Figure Death. Yeah. And that EP was, you call it art. And then. I remember that. Yeah. And then the second <laughs> one was. Down Days. Am I releasing singles here and be happy that hasn't even been released? <laughs> no, no, they've all yeah. been released. Uh, yeah. And and patient thinking. Yeah, where's the patient thinking yeah. as well? Yeah. And uh, so, but so that's going what Liam says there about you know releasing so many singles before mm-hmm. you released your album. Yeah. And uh, so uh, when you released your album, uh, things we don't talk about can be good. Isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's at the music loop, so we'll have an ad break for Row Here. Eh? <laughs> You're going to have to advertise this. You know, I want you to talk every single and the album, right? So, <laughs> ad break for Row's new album for all you new fans out there. Rushing, uh-huh. take it away. Well, things we can't, things we don't talk about came out last year. Um, it's kind of a farewell to that kind of sound for me. Um, so it's. It's Room to Breathe is on it and that's still one of my favourite songs just because it wasn't supposed to come out as a single until lockdown happened and it felt like the right time to release it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can get that on my musically. Brilliant. Check it out. Yeah. You know, can I just <laughs> say, you know, you've got a great camaraderie between the two Ians, um, uh, which is a really good thing. I think there's a lot of honesty and uh, what Ians are both doing. And uh, so for future plans... What's what's the kind of future plans for uh, Roa and Liam? And uh, I, I know that the, this radio uh, one uh, sort of playlist um, mm-hmm. that's definitely going to uh, bring uh, new years and, and new eyes to you, yeah. which is an amazing thing. Because I I'm, I'm a great believer still in the power of radio, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe the royalty's not as big as it used to be. But hey, you know, yeah. the old guard won't always be about. <laughs> you know, can I just say that without mention any top four names? Uh, we'll give initial swoy, <laughs> but uh, and you know, for the likes of uh, for people out there, just uh, you mentioned it there. I just uh, I always like to bring it up. Uh, you know, for young artists and the copyright. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you know people speak to me, young ones at times. Um, are you a member of PRS and Emro or just PRS? I right now I'm a member of PRS, but we're working to change that to both. So, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I do know artists are both, and and yeah. one takes Ireland and one takes the UK. And yeah, but so because because you're based in Ireland, because we're based on the island of Ireland, and people, we, a lot of artists get so much radio play down south. Uh, uh, PRS will collect the the royalties for the radio play down south, but there's a like an import fee essentially on it because it's technically abroad. So you can set up so the PRS collects all your royalties for the UK and then IMRO collects all your royalties for Ireland and the rest of the world, which means you get a little bit more, uh, especially if you're getting a lot of Irish radio play, which, uh, which we would. Well, that's so. really good because uh, that's something that uh, that's definitely been going on these last few years. And uh, and what's your thoughts? And, uh, you know, because I know you've got good support uh, from the people like, you know, you mentioned Gemma Bradley and BBC Andrew Jason yeah. and Stephen McCauley and people like that. Uh, what's your thinking? Because I know one, many, many years ago I went down, there was a conference down in, uh, it was Emerald, and we're holding it, it was in Dublin, Liam, and uh, uh, some great, all the songwriters of the day, all different genres and styles of music in Ireland that had been successful were in the room. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that came up was that uh, they wanted at that time, uh, the question I suppose was, why is there not more um, 
I don't like to do it new music, but more localized, uh, generated music, if that's all right to say, uh, not played on mainstream radio and radio in general. And I think it came up, uh, I could be wrong, I think Canada led the way at 60% was their own artists. Yeah. yeah. That's really strong. Like, Isn't it yeah. Canada uh, has the quota though? I'm pretty sure Canada, like Canada is one of the countries that has a quota of a certain percentage of all radio play has to be Canadian artists. So that's real interesting, isn't it? So that's why I wanted to just, uh, before we uh, be uh, backing down and all, what's your views on that there for the likes of, maybe you mightn't be, but Liam, for you, what's your thinking? Because I know that it's changing. I think you're concluding because you've had so much support from down south, like. Yeah, like um, I think that a lot of radio stations still think that they need to play the top 40 to get people to listen. But there's so much incredible music coming out of Ireland and Northern Ireland. So I don't see why why local music can't be the majority of what's played on radio. And there's a massive thing at the minute because there's disparity between female and male acts as well. Because yeah, do you want to speak a bit about that? Yeah. so at the minute, there was a report released a few months ago about the lack of female representation within radio. Um, and it's crazy. As in, as in working within the radio stations or as in... Play, being played, yeah. yeah. So the majority of acts being played on the radio stations are male. Um, yeah. And uh, there's a lot of stupid arguments as to why that is oh don't speak away tell yeah, what you no, think I say just, it like you feel you know what i mean that's the thing about <laughs> what we're on here nothing's not able to yeah use. like the, just the radios think that they have to play male artists to get an audience um because that's what people are listening to but the flip side of that is if they played more female artists they get a different audience they get yeah. more like it'd be more varied and it should be and I don't see why there isn't there is there's a I don't see why there should be this disparity whenever there's so many incredible non-binary and woman artists coming out of here that deserve the chance to be played on radio um and I don't see why there is another block for them to go through to be able to be played on radio yeah, so. because uh, what you've just said there is like uh, there's individuals want to identify themselves a certain way yeah and uh the systems are set up at the minute that maybe is don't use what discriminate maybe uh, is that the right way yeah. to say it or, or maybe not as open yeah. uh and uh, but is that where um uh, independent stations come into play and do they push more or because uh, i know um like even at the minute there's uh, uh charlotte Driding around the Woman of the World Festival, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm sure you've done gigs like that. And uh, so, and uh, Lindsay from uh, the New Pagans was speaking about, yeah. uh, like, and because good people like yourself are going to be the voice of mm-hmm. that in the future. So, um, what I would say is, say it like it is, and uh, <laughs> you know, because uh, no, but if nobody, if, if people like you're picking up on it there, so it's yeah. it's a it's something that's annoying you. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. So, like, uh, how do you think then? Uh, does it need? Um, I don't want to say a pile of people at Stormont hitting fucking <laughs> ten buckets. Like it's fucking useless. But w- w- you know, st- st- strategically wise, um, yeah. Um, is it changing a wee bit? You think, 
or is it just a bluff? You know why sometimes you see things going out, oh, it's all changed, luckily I'm all yeah. up there. Yeah. Posters, a poster boy, yeah. poster girl, yeah, I am, I'm identified <laughs> as poster boy, you know, or poster girl, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it just disappears. Yeah. The poster and uh, the good news and, and, oh, did you hear such and such? Did you hear the poster? Did you hear this? Did you hear that? It's all sort of gone. Yeah. So uh, what do you think needs to happen? Or maybe there is groups out there now. That's yeah, like there's uh, that, there's definitely a lot of that of people saying that they're going to change and they're not doing it. Um, especially when it comes to radio and festivals. Um, even with the festival lineups is another thing I won't go into, but um, yeah. there's there are groups, especially in Ireland, there's even a group I'm part of, Irish Woman in Harmony, who um, stand for, for, for female representation yeah. within the music industry because it is a big problem and people don't see it that way. They just think that that's the industry and that's how it should be and... You know, it doesn't need change, but the change needs to come from within the industry for it to be meaningful and for it to be long lasting. And I think people need to just man up and and be the first people to make the change and say, okay, we're going to make we're going to make it important to play female artists on radio and we're going to make it important for female representation to be 50 50 on a lineup you yeah. know so yeah and do you, you feel in the radio too should be uh, uh, or the radio as well it's not saying radio too but the radio as well <laughs> yeah should be 50 50 yeah i think yeah. there is there's enough incredible talent coming yeah out of here that there shouldn't be a lack of female representation you know I think I think there's more than enough and I don't think that should be an argument for people not to play women. Yeah, so. well, I, I'm aware of certain festivals out there um, that over a period of time they may have played a uh, complete male, uh, you yeah. know, layout. And that uh, could be pretty up to date here, right? Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> maybe being careful. But uh, so we'll put, put that into one arena there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, how would you then approach um, maybe... Do we need someone to come out and uh, run a festival with just all female and put the fingers up to them and say, "Here, look at this," and we sell <laughs> this many tickets? No, no, but I'm just, you yeah, know, yeah, there has like, been, you, like, uh, yeah. Well, then, yeah. Uh, it, it takes maybe people, artists like yourself, to, you know, to maybe, you know, as you go on, you'll get more success, and as you go on, you'll, yeah. your voice will get stronger, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And and uh, lots of arenas, and some you might need to be careful of what you say, yeah. and others just fucking say it like it is. But the thing is. For a build up from now and like uh, what you've said here, because young people listening out there, they might know this because they're, I'm making this up. They've just seen the blue glass band and I, you know, frame band and I'm going to see them, you know, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they've just, because they, they, Liam told me to go, he's my very brother, he's just like brilliant, so I'm away. Yeah. But the same thing, I suppose. Uh, in the young days when I was growing up and you're right there were certain bands and even the classic rock bands you maybe at heart that were led by female singers a great uh, family band but you didn't see you know uh, yeah. you, know, you had Stevie Nicks people that got there leading the way you know what I mean and, and Lindsay Buckingham and, and Fleetwood Mac and yeah. you know but it was still not total female but how do you think then from here on in um Tell the people out there and the radio stations what you think they need to do because it's maybe important, Liam, and it seems, well, you know, from an artist's point of view, I could yeah. say it, I've been chanting it for years, but this is your your moment to say to what's out there, you know? They need to do the research, I think, is the main thing. Um, yeah. To make sure that what they're playing is 50 50, is, uh, is completely equal. And gender aligned and all, everything yeah, should be right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just I think it's ignorance to play 
all male acts or to book all male acts knowing that um there's female artists out there that deserve a shot you know yeah. so i think are main- you saying to promoters out there that so devil's advocate here i'm saying I, i've got the glasses <laughs> band is going to sell out and and liam and this you know so i'm kind yeah. of in there and uh so I suppose it's uh, what I need to do is uh, well maybe in a situation like that maybe what we're saying is because um, it was in that world you know uh, they, people could say oh, well that's the only bands came in front of me then yeah. right I know right so but that's not the case now right yeah. I understand that right so I'm only going back years ago years and years ago uh, um, there maybe wasn't as many yeah. you know bands even rock band any type of you know and uh, and then you had I suppose it's gone through years. The put together bands, I'm not even call them whatever we call them. <laughs> Do you know the ones I mean? Uh, ooh, girl, ooh, girl. You know them bands, Liam. You know, remember me and you were going to start one. Uh, you said that was one You said my hair was too long and, and I need to dye my hair and all. I don't want to do that. And, uh, but so for um, for people out there, then, do you think then maybe festival organizers need to bring a female uh, entity into that arena and be part of their sort of uh, a booking standard because I am sure I don't want to name them again but there's I'll just say three major uh, bookers out there I yeah. mean three major yeah. and they're out there mm-hmm. okay and they're sitting and they're going we run this and it's 50,000 people we run this and it's 20 we run that it's 10 we run that there it's 15 yeah. do you know where I'm going here right yeah. and so there is independent festivals out there in the UK now how do you think they're doing <laughs> at the minute um, I have very strong opinions on how the festivals are going at the minute I, it's ridiculous how many of them don't take into consideration female representation on the lineups um, but what I will say is that it is changing but it's changing slowly mm-hmm. um, there's definitely progress being made but it has to be across the board it has to be every festival you know yeah. Um, I don't think it's accept- acceptable in this day and age to have a lineup that's all guys, all yeah. dudes, you know, yeah. because then you're just alienating yeah. half of the musicians that want to play festivals and half of your audience. Like, so, yeah. who, uh, wants, uh, who wants to come and I, see I like a bunch the, of dudes play on uh, stage? Uh, for and, and, and then, and then <laughs> as you're saying, that just brings a hundred sweaty dudes to the front. It's not really, yeah. Uh, yeah. And yeah. you know, I also don't think that the 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 thing about oh this band can sell however many tickets. I don't think that's a thing anymore. Because I mean, like no. you, you you tell me, right, so like band A, who's all dudes, has four million hits on Spotify. You tell me you can't go find a, a an equally good popular female act that has the same yeah. sort of numbers and, yeah. can, and will have the same sort of pull yeah. because I could if yeah. you give me half an hour. Yeah, yeah. You know? And, uh, and I suppose, uh, in a way, what you're not asking for is just uh, um, an all do that festival. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're still saying we can mix, uh, yeah. we can, uh, 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 I suppose, uh, mix, mingle and play and uh, put across our artistic expression yeah. together. It's about inclusion. Just, and I don't I think, think, you know, you I don't know. even think it's the artist's fault. You no. know, I don't think, you know, the artists are just out there creating content and creating uh, what they need to do to, like, you, you guys to keep going. Yeah. So um, maybe it's something to uh, uh, explore uh, sometime, maybe again, come down and chat all about that and in uh, a podcast down the line. And yeah. maybe a few years time, you'll come back and uh, be able to tell me, uh, Ro, that it's all good in the yeah. garden or at Paddy, there's certain places really doing it good. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, 
um, there's festivals out there now, the policies for, uh, you know, the whole green environmental thing, the policies to keep people safe, the policies, yeah. you know, for the safety of the stages, as you know, the safety of the equipment, policies for the safety of the artists coming in and all these things. Yeah. Well, then maybe there needs to be a policy written in that uh, festivals have to uh, kind of look at, uh, at least start off with 30% and then work yeah. your way up, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe they'll come back and go, we can't do this because we're a certain type. And if that's the case, well, then that's the case. There's nothing you can do mm-hmm. about it. But I can't see what that type is. No. Uh, yeah. Not anymore. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, and you mentioned there all the different uh, backgrounds of individuals and uh, and their uh, identity and all that. You know, so... Um, I suppose for people out there, you're, you're kind of explaining, uh, Roshin, that uh, to be identified a certain way is hard enough, never yeah. mind trying to fucking get on yeah. X, Y, or Z, you know. So for yeah. uh, for people out there, maybe it's time that, uh, I don't know if there's a, a stupid thing to say, but maybe some kind of artist's uh, alignment sort of thing, you know, where, where yeah. you're a female artist and, and you get in touch with somebody and say, you played at Lamefest, ah, how did you go about that? And then all of a sudden, there's maybe more entries coming in yeah. from that mm-hmm. network of people, you know. Well, that's, a, that's a little bit of what you're saying with the... Yeah, Irish Women in Harmony have been incredible for that. Um, it started last year where we did a charity single for um, a domestic abuse. Was that online? Charity. Yeah. What was that song again? Uh, Dreams, the Cranberries. Ah. Yeah, uh, so it went Come on really well. Yeah. <laughs> Give us a wee line now. <laughs> Although probably serious. <laughs> uh, it, it and there were some big hitters on there, wasn't there? Yeah, and it it wasn't it was it didn't just end there. Like we're still um creating opportunities for each other. We're still Brilliant. in a WhatsApp group chatting Brilliant. each other, making Do you want to tell people out there how that came about? Just you know, for people that aren't sure, you know Yeah, it came about through um Ruth Ann. Uh so she is a writer and artist and incredible what she does she's a producer as well so she kind of put everybody together um alongside a team of uh female industry reps you know for promotion and marketing and to be able to make this a legit thing so uh since then it's been really really great to have people like that to connect with that'd be an amazing concert if you all got together yeah yeah I know. Well, we're you just, working you, on it. Why you just do a woman in harmony festival? I know. Yeah. I know a boy might be able to help you. He's sitting beside you. But that's, and I mean, I suppose um, for why I'm bringing this up is because there's young people out there uh, that might be artists and uh, they might uh, feel as if they can't get gigs and they might feel that they want to identify a certain way. And I think yeah. for what you've said there has been brilliant that uh, nobody should feel alone. Yeah. And uh, that there's always people to speak to. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I think that uh, listening to the um, the like a lot of artists this last while have seemed to uh, suffered a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And you have seemed to keep it together as a unit and you're back out again, which is good. Uh, yeah. And uh, I think... I mean, we've both fallen apart at least once in the last year, but we've aye. sort of <laughs> picked each other back up again. Aye, you know? aye, well, but that's good because that's life. I mean, nothing's yeah. ever always roses growing. You know, even the most beautiful roses, thorns in it are pricky. You notice that? Yeah. You know, you want to get close to it and smell it and fucking cut you to pieces. You know what I mean? So there's there's life. That's life, isn't it? Uh, but for people out there, um, we've got the Radio One thing coming up. Uh, and if you have any other sort of plans, I know the summer 
I want to be careful on Irish summers, but uh, <laughs> um, is there any other wee gigs uh, coming up or are you any plans? Or yeah. I know that probably you'd have been in a lot of southern gigs, but they're all gone. Yeah. And, and yeah. a lot of UK gigs, look, you spoke about gigs to do in the, the UK, which is brilliant that you're over there now. Yeah. But a lot of them cancelled. Some of them have started up again, but uh, that's something, I suppose. I will watch out for uh, something uh, now that you've just said there about the, the percentage of... Uh, male and females uh, I'm aware of it yeah. uh, and uh, I'm easy speaking about it because I, 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 um, I think I tried the best and that we could for for artists who were about at the time to play yeah. and I think that uh, I suppose there is other festivals trying the same and mm -hmm. uh, but I suppose it goes down to programming, doesn't it, and, uh, Liam? And it does uh, in a sense of what, who's programming, what it's for and uh, who's the clientele. But I think the interesting bit on it is to re-speak on is that I think as a market employee, mm -hmm. if I woke up with a product in the morning that I thought could go to uh, this side and this side and just decided I'll just send it to the right-hand side, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's bound to be suicidal marketing. So I think that the people out there that are booking, we want you to hear uh, mm -hmm. Roisin and Rose Voice and the woman in harmony uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. that are going to go up to stop the Sperns and sing for us someday. <laughs> uh, they, they don't know that yet, but they're going to. Uh, and that right, Killingbury? And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, you're most welcome. Thank you, Liam, for coming in. Uh, thank you, uh, Ro Roisin. I know people keep saying, what name is it? Well, it's Ro the artist, <laughs> and it's uh, Roisin or Roisin. It depends <laughs> what end of the border you're on. Because uh, uh, you mentioned your mom's Mayo. She, uh -huh. Betty, she says Roisin. Yeah, it's Roisin. There you go. <laughs> there you are. I knew that. Uh, people get to be in the back room. That's not the way to pronounce it. Right. Name, I'm not fucking sitting there. I know it's not the right way. I don't need you shouting in my ear, right? Uh, so that's like me, Patty, Patrick, and Patty, or Pat, right? So just take So you're Ro, you're, you're Ro Rajin and Roshin, right? Uh, so you're most welcome in, and hopefully uh, down the line again as your career expands on, which it will, uh, you'll both come back in and, and chat to me. I hope it wasn't too tough for you. Uh, you're going to do a couple of songs now. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, do you want to mention uh, just to people the songs you're going to do and then they'll transport in and you'll probably do them i know it sounds <laughs> mad yeah uh, i'm gonna play hey thomas and girls that sounds deadly and as i say thank you very much for listening thank you liam Thanks, Eric, uh, massive friend of, of all that you do and thank you uh, Ro Roshin Roshin and thank you from your mommy for me who let me say Roshin <laughs> uh, I'm sure she'd be proud of that she'd say what the fuck's that guy on uh, so hopefully uh, everything will go good for you and um, congratulations on what's happening uh, uh, next week and hopefully we'll have a podcast out to realign with you putting out Radio 1 and, uh, and all week and hopefully for your fans out there you'll get something new about you and uh, thank you both for coming